0: This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. So yeah, guess what I'm going to talk about this morning? Missions. Um, Yep, we're in May mission month. Um, Just briefly... um, I have an organisation called Entheos that my husband and I started in the year 2000. We have we spent most of our married family life living overseas. We lived in uh, Hong Kong, England, Egypt, Singapore and then 11 years in New Delhi, India. Um, oh, I can't even say India today. My heart's breaking for India. Um, I don't know if you've been watching the news but it is really quite apocalyptic scenes in India and where I lived in New Delhi. I'm just receiving messages after messages from my Christian brothers and sisters there. So many pastors have died. That's one of the things that's really breaking my heart is how many uh, Christian leaders have passed away in the last few weeks, which is really devastating to a very young, fledgling church movement there. Um, Yeah, I just feel like that's an attack of the enemy to try and weaken the church in all of this. So please pray for the church there and the church leaders that they would be protected and strong because they're really also trying to do a lot to help their neighbours get through this. It's a country where if you don't work, you don't eat for the vast majority of people and, of course, nobody's working at the moment. Um, It is heading... If not already, I meant to look up the temperature, but usually in May the average temperature is about 42 or 43 in New Delhi, India. So on top of all that they're going through, they've, it's usually just a hard time of year anyway because of the heat, because of lack of water. They don't have air conditioning in most places. Um, yeah, it's just a tough place and my heart's really going out to India. Um, I don't know whether you can see those so well, but I just, I just threw uh, some pictures up from some of the things that have been happening. Um, the, min- the ministries that Entheos partners with in India are largely to do with uh, children and family outreach. They do a lot for kids in order to reach families because families always are trying to do, get things for their kids so they can have a better life than they've had. So we do a lot of partnering around education, especially teaching um, English because government schools don't te- teach English. It's a way the government keeps the poor poor. That's to do with the caste system. Um, by not teaching them English, it limits how far they can go in their education because all higher education is done in English. If you want to go to university, you have to be fairly fluent in English. Um, yeah, so we do. They a lot of our centres, the couple of centres that we support, all teach English. I just go to this one. This is this is. I just got this one yesterday this, because of COVID. They can't go out. So in this particular village area, they've let people know that if they come and knock on the door, they can get eggs and milk and bread, just something to keep them going. And that's just some of the ways the money that I get to send to India is being used at the moment. Um, But today, I thought I would um, talk to you about my very first mission trip. How did I get a heart for all of this? I actually had a heart for missions before I went on a mission trip. Um, my husband and I got married knowing we were going to do stuff in missions and we were already representing a mission called Asian Outreach locally in Sydney and we got to do our first mission trip with them um, in yeah 1992. So that's like 30 years ago, um, a long time ago. So yeah, these are, the next pictures are all of me at 30. <laughs> no, I was 28 actually at the time. So the first thing you discover when you go on a, on a short-term mission trip is that it's different. The place you're going to is different. Everything is different. It's not the same. So that's the first thing that hits you when you go to a developing country and you, that, just how different life is for people there. The first thing they got us to do was to go and build a, build a house. And if any of you know, knew my husband, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> we laughed when they told us that we were going to go and build a house. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, we were lucky we came away with thumbs, I think, because we largely all they got us to do was nail like bamboo strips to make a floor. But that's what they got us to do first, because they said we had to do something practical before we started talking. But during that time, we got to, I got to do street preaching. Um, I actually prefer preaching. I'm much better at, pre- at actually doing this than I often am talking to... I, fi- I still find it really hard to share the gospel one-on-one. So just so that you all know, I've been doing missions for, like, all my life and I still find it really hard to talk about the gospel one-on-one with people. I have to really, like, intentionally steel myself to be able to do it Once I've done it, I'm like, why did I find that so hard? It was actually... Because God always helps you when you decide to do that stuff. But I still find it a hard thing to do. But I don't... But you can put me on the street and I'll preach. Um, Prisons. We went to prisons, you know. There's, like, you can't really see it there. But, like, between one pole and another pole is basically one room. And there's about 20 men in each of those um, poles. Um, I wasn't... In all these pictures, there's me. But I wasn't there on my own. (laughs) I was with Craig... And a whole team. Hospitals, like just a whole other world of what a hospital looks like. Just very eye-opening. All of it just kind of is confronting you about what you have and what people don't have. And yet at the same time, people there were happy. And just while I think about the whole collecting second-hand clothes for the Philippines thing, just remember they don't have winter. They don't need coats and jumpers. It's all they need summer stuff. Um, and I love one of my and it's still my one of my hearts is I just love getting to talk to children and to young people about the gospel Um, yeah at this time in my life I was a youth pastor and so I've always I've passed that on to Christy Um, yeah so I've always loved doing things with young people this next picture is actually from my second mi- mission trip. I did two, we did two mission trips. Both times we went to the Philippines and then on to Hong Kong because the mission that we were working with at that point in time had its head office in Hong Kong because they did a lot of stuff in China. And um, on the first trip we went from Philippines to a conference in Hong Kong the second time. We, went, we took a team to the Philippines and then... Craig and I went on to Hong Kong to live, and the team of young people that were with us went back to our church in Sydney. And this is from the, this is probably my the picture that always stands out the most to me because this is the uh, well it was at my time quite a famous place the garbage dump in city in Manila and the cloudy bit at the top that you can see up right at the top that's actually smoke from the burning rubbish. And I just have always thought this picture was ironic because of the whole keep Tondo clean and the youth thing, and this is a place where you just you know you have to they put down stuff so that you can step through the mud and the garbage to get from place to place. It was a very um eye opening place and then of course, both times I went on to Hong Kong the first first mission trip I went from. Um, the island of Mindanao, which is a Muslim stronghold, we actually, I didn't, couldn't find a really good picture, but one of the things we did there is we used to go, we would get in big trucks and go up into the mountains and do outreach and we would always have an armed escort. We always had soldiers with this and quite often the soldiers became Christians, which was kind of fun. Um, lots happened there. That was my first experience of, like, God using us to really see people healed and released and saved. It was an amazing experience. Um Yes, but going to Hong Kong, and then we, I will think we went from there to a five-star hotel in Hong Kong, and I just I could, it really did my head in. I found it really, really hard to cope with the difference in that on it. how I had to do a lot of uh, rationalizing as I was eating my buffet breakfasts. Um, yes, all of it taught me that God is biased for the poor. He loves all people. He loves all people equally but he has a bias for the poor, the oppressed and the needy. He seems to work and yeah, if you're doing anything amongst communities like that, God seems to work just easily and strongly because I believe he's biased for the poor and I get it from scripture as much as from experience. Um, I've been going through the book of um, Proverbs and I had to pick just a few. In fact, I had so much scripture about the poor and I looked at it and I was like, well, I can't keep this. I'd be here for hours if we talked about all of this scripture. So I've just quickly picked out some so that you'll get an impression of what God's heart is for the poor. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honours God. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. That's heavy, isn't it? Those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. Isaiah says it this way. Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear and your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. All of those verses are telling us that God's biased for the poor, that he wants us to love the poor. He wants us to not just do it with words, but he wants us to do it practically. And he links it very much to being heard. You hear it in through a couple of the scriptures there, that to be heard by God, you need to be concerned for the poor and actually doing something for the poor. Jesus said talked about it uh, the poor a lot too but I particularly wanted to draw your attention to these words then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink I was a stranger and you invited me in I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then they all say, when did we do all of that stuff for you? And then he says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did for me. I think that's one of the strongest times Jesus talked about, just that we are meant to be practically helping people, that... The kingdom and the gospel is not just words, it's actually real action. And there's lots of ways to be poor. We can be poor financially, we can be uh, poor just through lack of um, being able to access things. So you might have enough to eat but maybe if you get sick you can't get to a good hospital or find a doctor. Um, Maybe you might have enough to eat but maybe you can't find a school for your kids. Um, one of the things I've found traveling around all around the world, all over, is that in nearly every country I've been to, both the education system and the hospital system has, was begun by Christian missionaries. It was Christians that began those things, and they often then been taken over, and the government governments have ended up doing it. But in most places that I've been to, it's been Christians who've started the education systems and the hospital systems it's true in india and it's been true in a lot of other places that i've been so you can also as you can also be poor sorry you can also be poor in spirit so it's not just physical poor but we can be poor in spirit so like here in australia what's our greatest poverty the spirit we have a lot of in this area we have a lot of work to do here to bring riches in terms of the spirit and the kingdom of God. It's two things. And um, the way I have always looked at the gospel is that it has two wings. And so for a bird, for an, in order for a bird to fly, it has to have two wings. If it only has one, then it doesn't go anywhere or it can't do what it's meant to do. And the gospel has two wings. It has the whole practical um, application, the the helping the poor, the needy, visiting those in prison, helping the sick. It's got a very practical loving side. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your neighbour. It has a very practical side. But it also requires you to actually tell them the gospel. They have to actually know it. So... It's one thing to be fed and get your needs met but you also need to be able to know that you can have eternal life as well. You, can't, you can be fed and be separated from God but often people can't hear the gospel on, unless they're fed. It's very hard to concentrate on something if you're hungry. Have you ever been sitting even in church sometimes and you skip breakfast and your stomach's rumbling and you're trying to concentrate and you can't because you're hungry and that's just one meal? So for people who really do struggle in that area, it's hard for them to hear the gospel if they're struggling for their day-to-day needs. And so it's very much a two-way thing. We have to meet the needs and we have to also share the gospel. We have to actually help them to understand the truth and come into relationship with their father through Jesus it's two things it's the two arms go very much hand in hand and this may we are um yeah trying very hard to raise money so that we can do the practical side of things and also give the resources to people to actually share their faith and share the gospel with people and people often say to me oh you're always talking about money well don't you spend most of your own lives thinking about, about money because money is what buys us food and sends our kids to school and it just helps us to live. So money is just as important to the kingdom as it is to our day-to-day lives. So what's my, um, what are things that we can do to make a difference? One of it is awareness, so that's what May Missions Month is all about, is helping you to be aware of the things that we do. It's also just being aware of what's going on in the world. Um, I find kingdom-minded people pay attention and have sources of uh, news and information, not just secular news like Channel 9 and what the last worst car accident was this week isn't really life-changing news, but um, getting emails from all different kinds of sources. There are many people who send out great emails like Barnabas Fund and Voice of the Martyr. There's lots of ways you can get information about what's happening in, for your Christian brothers and sisters around the world. I threw in work hard there because we, we have the ability here to uh, earn money so that we can be a blessing, that we can meet our family's needs, but also to have more so that we can be resource, help to resource others. Use your gifts. There's so many different ways you can make a difference. Every week you're hearing from people who are making differences in different ways. There are different ways you can help. Um, For example, I desperately need some more volunteers at LifeGate Care on Wednesday night because five of my volunteers, including me, aren't going to be there this week. So if you want to make a difference this week, see me afterwards. I would love if you can chop a carrot or uh, put some food on a plate. Yeah, don't tell me you can't do that, right? Um, yeah, I would love to hear from you if you've got some time on Wednesday afternoon, evening. Be generous. And um, being generous is an attitude of heart. It's not just giving money. It's being generous to people with your time, your life, so that you do, can get to share the gospel with them. Um, yes, as Christians, I believe we should be known by our generosity. And obviously... Prayer is very, super important and um, I know we were talking, I was talking with Margaret who heads up our prayer ministry this week and she's, together we're talking about trying to get some intercessory prayer times happening so that we're doing more as a church to pray for what's happening here locally and for, um, around the world. And of course, when this whole COVID situation um, relaxes, you can also be a part of going. So I take teams to India. We, we send teams to go to see our work in Cambodia. Um, there are all different ways you can um, go and actually have that same experience that I had. That first mission trip really changed my heart and the way I thought and made me appreciate what I had and how I could make a difference with how I lived my life. And, yeah, have done that. So going... Changes you. Going actually ch- probably changes you more than you change the people that you go to at, in your first in a short-term mission trip. But it's amazing to go and experience and be changed. So it's really good to be able to go. Um, just a reminder of what we're raising money for this month. Um, so we're raising $10,000 for Transform Cambodia. So for people who've been here for a number of years, you know we normally raise $15,000 for Transform Cambodia but um, we have been doing such a good job of um, our monthly sponsorship and a lot of people give monthly above child sponsorship to Transform Cambodia so we're actually way ahead on our Cambodia budget so we don't need to raise quite so much this year which is really good because we do need to raise money for LifeGate Care which you heard about last week which is our local outreach program that we do on a Wednesday, one of our Sponsors can't can't do it this year, and so we need to replace them. Um, Yes, and Theos has you have been supporting my family and Theos way before we were here as a part of your the actual congregation. So you're continuing to support that. East Girls High Scripture Operation Amore and the Sarah Lee Memorial Project. You'll be hearing you heard about Operation Amore this morning. The Sarah Lee Memorial Project you're going to hear about next week. And um, but all the information is on the website, so if you click on the QR code or go to our website, you can find out all about all of those organizations and how you can support them financially. Um, So, thank you. I'm just sorry, I'm just thinking about our online church today, and I am just we're coming towards the end. So, if you're online. You can. Um, there will be reflection questions for you, and you can, um, yeah, go and look at those. And and you can request prayer. Thank you for reminding me about that. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.